Hey everybody, welcome back to Point Break Minute, where we point out the moments and break down the minutes of Point Break, one minute at a time. I'm Marin Kennedy. And I'm Jess Hello. Hey Jess, how's it going? It's good, how about you? Good. Remember when we did this like back at the beginning of recording, when it was just us, and we'd ask each other how we were doing? Uh-huh. I like that. Yeah. I'm bringing it back. All right, let's keep doing it. While yeah. we're by ourselves, at least. Yeah. With the third person, it seems like it might be a little bit, take you know, a long interaction at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Not that this is long or anything. No, it's not. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we are on minute 33. Is that correct? That is correct, Amundo. Okay. So minute 33 starts with um, probable skinhead surfer coming at you. Um, it's like in first person perspective. He is coming sm- at you. He is swimming towards you with fury. He yells, <laughs> hey, you ding my board. And then he punches and it flashes. There's a flash of white light. Like he got the lights knocked out of him. Yeah, and he punches like right at the camera. Like, it's like Pum. it's like that like it's like a shark coming at the camera. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's actually kind of interesting in the scene because the entire scene of this, so after they do the first person shot, he punches Keanu, it's a flash of light, and then it goes to, you know, seeing Keanu being punched and kind of like, whoa, I am stunned. And the whole shot and interaction from then on out is very, very tight. Yeah. And, um, and and shaky because yes. uh, it's it looks like they almost have the camera just floating on the waves. Yeah, which which they probably do have like on a surfboard or something. Yeah, or some it's possible. Like yeah, device. they might have like put it on a, a board to make it look like it's going with the waves. And so, as an audience member, you kind of feel as disoriented and confused and stunned as Keanu probably feels in this moment because you're like, "What's happening? What's going on?" Because it's, it's such so a tight, like, floaty shot. Yeah, yeah, it's, it it does a good job looking disorienting, yeah. which is where where. Uh, I mean, Utah is kind of the audience surrogate. Yeah, and he looks like a startled eel. So (laughs) he looks like dazed. He's gasping for air. He's like spitting water out. He's holding his nose. Um, Not looking too good. Yeah, he just got water punched. Yeah, right after that water tackle. Um, So the uh, surf Nazi guy, he goes, politeness, why don't you watch for the Fuck, you're going. Politeness count, asshole. And, and then, he does a nice, like, punch on counts. Politeness counts, asshole. And then he rips the, um, pulls out a knife and rips the, what's it called? The thing that you connect to your ankle. Yeah, the connector yeah. thingy. If we were really good at research, we would know what this was. It doesn't matter. But, yeah. So then he goes, go back to the valley, man, and just paddles away, leaving Keanu to be the little stunned floppy eel. Why don't you go film some porn in the valley, Yeah, so we had to look up what the valley was because we're obviously not not in the know. We're not Angelinos. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, I've only been there once for three hours. when Marin was like, oh, the valley, and looking it up, it was like, well, there's this valley where there's a lot of porn filmed. Because you remember that Valley, the Big Lebowski, yeah. 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 So that's the only thing I know about the valley, but it looks like it's kind of suburban-y and probably yeah, wealthy. I don't totally uh, know the culture. I mean, I'm assuming he's just like culturally in L.A., you know that like, oh, the valley is where like rich yuppies live. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of porn there, apparently. It's a Burbank, Glendale, Calabasas, San Fernando. Yeah. So 
that's that's what we're assuming. Yeah, I, th- I mean, maybe that's the area where like, a lot of celebrities yeah. live, or yeah. I don't know. If you're an Angelino and you're listening to this, you can post on the Point Break Minute Listener Surf Shop and tell us more about the reputation of the valley. Yeah, because like, yeah, it for people who don't know, it just does seem like go shoot some porn, man. Um, In the valley could be anything. It's like saying the city. Yeah, it's true um so la is one of those like la and new york are those arrogant cities that like they just whenever they're in a movie they just assume that you know everything that you're like oh i'm going to the east side oh i know what that means like oh the east side sure we should probably know though well yeah if we're just want to be cool and knowledgeable we we basically know just from movies yeah or if you or if you live there yeah or if you've been there a lot but yeah it's just like they've been in so many film and so much film and tv that you just kind of understand the geography of it yeah but i don't totally yeah anyway so another thing that's cool about this scene is that it's the golden hour and so there's you get some nice lens flare kind of going on it's really pretty lighting but then keanu after his board gets snapped and then it goes to a shot of him walking out of the water his board doesn't get snapped no no not his board sorry his rope thing that is later his tether gets snapped oh yeah that's probably what it's called um He's walking out of the waves to, you know, catch up with his surfboard, which is washed up on the beach. <laughs> I had, the, the music, like, changes. Like, it's it's the next part of the song. It's still the same song, Seven and Seven Is by Liquid Jesus. Yeah. But it changes to, like, the slow part. And in my head, it was just, like, it might as well have been, like, the Charlie Brown music. Yeah. That they use in Arrested Development when everyone's, like, dun-dun-dun. Yeah. Dun, it's dun. pretty much what it is. It's like, right. And then he, he gets to the beach and then his surfboard washes it's up. It's a little like, more dinky than that, though. It's yeah. like the wah, wah, wah yeah. version of it's that. Like, oh, oh, you. Yeah. It's so. it's another rough day at the beach for Keanu. Oh. But then so. his surfboard, he, he like goes to the, his surfboard uh, washes up on the beach and it's like his pet following him. Like, oh. They'll never be parted for too yeah. long. Yeah. Yeah. So then, one thing I thought was kind of weird, the next shot you see after he grabs his little pet surfboard off the beach is you see him setting it down in a completely... Pinky. Yeah. It's it's called Pinky. Okay, thank you. Um, He sets Pinky down like a little baby that it is, so gently, ever so softly, in a bed of rocks on the beach. <laughs> well, where else is he going to put it? It's like, it looks like a totally different beach that he's on. It also looks like a totally different time of day. Like, it looks like it was maybe, like, 5 o'clock, sunset, or I don't know, whenever sunset is, like, when he's getting punched and stuff, and when he's exiting the water, and then when he's on this, like, rocky area, setting his baby on the rocks, well, he doesn't, it looks like it's, like, 11 a.m. He doesn't have a whole lot of regard for his surfboard. I mean, he no, takes but, it into the office earlier and yeah. just kind of, like, carries it. Well, I feel like now he has kind of like a misplaced sense of when he needs to be delicate with his surfboard. Maybe. Like, I don't know. But what I'm being whiny about is it looks like the time of day is different. And that's kind of irritating. Yeah, we had that issue earlier when uh, it was supposedly 7 p.m. and it was pitch black out in the summer. And then supposed to be like like whatever time it was like 7 45 a.m and there was like glare off the water and like a million people on the beach yeah and by a million i mean two but you know so um 
then he's actually a little bit stealthy about this. I was really proud of our man, Keanu. He goes down after he sets his baby pinky down. He has this little, like, wadded up towel nest. Mm -hmm. And he picks it up and he starts speaking to it. Because his walkie-talkie is hidden in there. Oh, my God. He's so smart. And he's, like, looking like he's, like, dabbing his face. But really, he's, like, talking. Um, Yeah. Really smooth Keanu. Because if you were looking from far away, you would, like, not know what was happening. But That's the idea. Yeah. It's like, good job, bud. Do you think that was Busey's suggestion? Or do you think he thought of that all by himself? I'm guessing that was Catherine Bigelow's suggestion. Let's be real Oh, yeah. But, like, in canon. In the story. Do you think Utah, you know, came up with that idea? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. I think he's, you know, smart-ish. But, like, I mean, I don't know. Busey is a little bit more smooth, as we'll see He's a little more wily, whereas uh, Utah is, like, he's the ballsy one, you know? Yeah. Although Pappas is also pretty ballsy. But, I mean, like, it doesn't take a huge lot of brains to figure out that, like... No, no. You need to hide your walkie-talkie. But then it go to a shot of him speaking with um, Busey. So it goes, it goes in between him speaking to his towel on what looks like 11 a.m. on the beach. And then Busey is back in his car speaking on the walkie-talkie back at 5 p.m. sunset. Yeah. So. Um, so and, inconsistency. Yeah. And teeth in this scene, Busey's teeth make a very big appearance. He's yeah. kind of just sitting where with He's his. squinting. He's squinting into his binoculars, so. And, yeah, and apparently that means his teeth need to be out then if he's squinting. Yeah, if you squint, like, you kind of have to Do you? open your mouth and smile. Do you? Is it like when you put on mascara, you have to open your mouth and make a stupid O face? I mean, if you look at, like, Clint Eastwood. Oh, always, I, like, yeah, I guess. Like, he's always he, squinting. And he you always know, when I squint, like, I make kind of like a little, um, like, chipmunk face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what he's doing. Weird. Try this at home, guys. Tell us if it's like sneezing <laughs> or putting on mascara. Okay, yeah, this is your little uh, homework. Just like, okay, right now, just go to the mirror, um, bring your podcast player with you, to, like look in and try and like squint and keep your mouth closed. It looks, it looks like you just, you just kind of like ate a lemon. I think. Yeah. But yeah, this is making for podcast gold as we're just literally <laughs> sitting in front of our microphones making. I think, I think it is faces. like giving assignments. Um. <laughs> So, continuing on, Keanu is speaking into his little walkie-talkie, and he's going, Angelo, I've eaten shit 47 times and got my lights punched out by some psycho. There must be 20 guys here with ponytails. Yes, patience, hotshot. Patience. And I think that's a really funny line. There must be 20 guys here with ponytails. <laughs> so it's many hell. ponytails. Ah, I can't handle it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, then BC's nice. He has those nice lines. Yeah, patience, hotshot. Patience. <laughs> I mean, not like that, but sure. It isn't actually Yoda that says patience. It's like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Patience, hotshot. Patience. I would not know. One of those is correct. I wouldn't know. Not the hotshot part. Yeah. Anything that reminds me of Star Wars, I'd be like, go with it. Yeah. And I don't know what he's talking about. So He's talking to Luke. If you're doing Ewoks, I'll know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) The Ewoks are your favorite part, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're teddy bears. They're so cute. Yeah, they're so cute. Wicked. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Busey goes on to say, it'll be subtle if it's here at all. There'll be a group within a group. These guys are a real tight unit. You'll see him. You'll know it. You know, he's a good line. That was a good line. Like. Yeah. He, he knows he's been around the block as we've established and he knows what he's looking for. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, just don't worry about it. You'll know it. Yeah. Trust your gut. 
Yeah, it was a good it was a good mentor moment mm-hmm. of uh of, of Busey's. Which ends then with Keanu walking into the bushes. Um, like where maybe some un- interesting things will happen in the bushes in upcoming moments. Interesting things in the bushes. Wow, 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 In a public park. Now I'm imagining Gary Busey playing Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, that would that would be frightening. That would be very Luke. frightening. <laughs> um, no, stop. Children see that movie. Okay. Anything else about this minute before we go on to recommendations? Nope. Okay. Do you want to start recommendations or should I? You you go for it. Awesome. So I'm going to recommend yet another Jean-Pierre Jeunet movie. Yay. Starring, yes, Dominique Pignon. So um, this movie is called Micmax, and I believe Micmax is the shortened colloquial title for it, and really it's something a lot longer and more confusing to say, and I'm not going to even pronounce, try to pronounce it. Um, but its original French title loosely translates to nonstop shenanigans, um, which is what it is. It is a satire on the world's arms trade. So Micmax is about a man named Basil whose um, father dies um, trying to dismantle a mine and um, I believe it's, yeah, the Western Safara. S- not Safara? Sahara. Safara. S- yeah, in the Western Sahara. So um, then 30 years later, as Basil is working at the video store that he works at, he is struck in the head by a stray bullet. And doctors don't want to remove the bullet because they fear that it will cause further brain damage. Um, but... He- that makes Basil kind of a ticking time bomb because then at any moment, um, in the movie at least, I don't know how scientifically real this is, probably not at all, but at any moment he could die. Um, it's kind of the thing now that he has this bullet in his brain. So then Basil loses his job, he becomes homeless, and he starts living in this like recycling area, recycling junkyard place where he meets a bunch of people who live there. And they're basically all, like, kind of like circus freaks and outcasts. So he becomes friends with them, and one thing leads to another. And they all work together to get revenge against the companies that blew up his father, uh, the companies that made the mine that blew up his father, and the company that made the bullet that brain damages him. And it is nonstop shenanigans. Um, and crazy madcap heist. It's beautiful to look at. Um, one thing I learned, because um, my mom likes to research movies as she watches them. Um, she me told, too. Yeah. So she was telling me that um, Jean-Pierre Junot, Junet, uh, storyboards every single shot of every movie he makes, which is madness. Especially with this one, because there's so many crazy things happening. Um, so yeah, I definitely, if you want a crazy time, that's really fun. Um, watch Big Max. Marin? All right. I, I got, I'm reaching into the whole classics bag for this one. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. Mm-hmm. It's a spaghetti Western, Sergio Leone, um, done after The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I think it was the one he did right after that. Um, I, I think it's, I haven't seen every spaghetti Western. I haven't seen every Sergio Leone movie, but it's my favorite. Um, uh, I think it's better than the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's that's uh, another one that I've seen. I, it's that's a fine movie. Uh, I think this one's better. Um, 
I like I prefer Charles Bronson to Clint Eastwood. Fight me for that. Definitely. Um and Charles Bronson was actually the original choice to play uh the the guy, no name, whatever he is in uh The Good, the Bad and the Ugly, the the um the dollar series, whatever you call it. Uh and then he couldn't do it and Clint Eastwood st- stepped in and then for uh, Once Upon a Time in the West Sergio Leone asked Clint Eastwood to come back and do another one and he said no so then he's like well Charles Bronson come over and do it and I think Charles Bronson is is fantastic in this he uh, he's just he's more intimidating to me than Clint Eastwood and he's more of a badass I don't know and then of course you got uh, my man Henry Fonda doing a, a villain turn which is really cool and you get uh, Jason Robards and Claudia Cardinale uh, um, who She's, you know, I mean, it's a female role in the 60s, so it's not, it's not great. Like, you know, she's objectified, sure. It's the 60s, it's spaghetti western, it's it's the old west times. But for, considering all that, I think she's a pretty good female character. She has some agency, and uh, that doesn't happen as much in the other spaghetti westerns, I think. Although, again, I have not seen all of them. So, Once Upon a Time in the West, a uh, wonderful movie. It's a, it's a, the shortest three hours you'll ever spend. I don't think it's three hours, like two and a half or something, but it goes by quick. You also have the uh, theme as your ringtone. The theme is my ringtone. So now you too can copy this and use Murren singing as your ringtone. You don't even need to see the movie now. You've heard the song. There you go. Yeah, uh, Ennio Morricone does the music, of course, and it's one of his best scores. So, there you go. Well, thank you for tuning again again to another Point Break Minute. I've been Marin Kennedy, and this is Jessa Lowe. I'm so out of it now. <laughs> what am I doing? Um, check out our listeners page, the Point Break Minute listeners surf shop, and tell us about Spaghetti Westerns and uh, Dominique Pignon. Um, I would love to gush with people about Dominic Pignon. So a, come at me, boy. You should start a fan page. Yeah. Him. There probably there already is one, but you I'm should sure. start another one. Yeah. Uh, and um, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. Thank you. Point break, minute, bro. Woo!